Welcome to Conversations with Quiet Leaders. My name is Juliet Morris. I believe there is greatness in leading and building teams through powerful listening, what's being said and what's being heard. In this podcast, you'll hear from quiet leaders who are being more bold, more brave and more comfortable with who they are. So hello, today I'd love to welcome Kitty Kuhn to the podcast today and Kitty describes herself as a multi-potentialite, which is a, a wonderful word, so I'd love to ask you more about that. Um, so someone who is well-versed in multiple disciplines, thanks to her various range of personal and professional experience, interests and passions that have shaped her along the way, and she likes to take roads less travelled. She's had a dual career starting in the sports industry, having worked in two Summer Olympic Games and the FIFA Women's World Cups, and then changed her perspective and shifted her focus to the startup world. Sport has always been a help in her life. Sport teaches her many intangible skills, which she transfers to her working life. She also describes herself as an advocate for equality, environment, freedom and an unconventional life. And her motto is break the stereotypes. So welcome, Kitty. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Your introduction was amazing. And so I'd love to ask you a little bit more about that. At the start, you talked about being a multi-potentialite. Tell me a little bit more about that. Um, Actually, I I discovered these words through um, a TED Talk and... uh, when I listened to it the first time, I was like, this is me. Because I was a bit struggled that like, you know, in a professional life, always usually people describe as successful who has a, a single focus career, like she is or he is having um, a career work in marketing or in one professional profession mm. for 10 years. And I was like, this is not me, not because I'm not, cannot continue in one field, but there are people who have like different interests or life takes them to different um, area areas and they can shift easily. And I found myself learning about this word multipotentiate who, who can do that easily. And this is why I like to describe myself and use this word that is, it's, and usually it's also when they say that Multitasking is not a useful skill, but it is for someone because maybe there are people who can really multitask. And this is also me that it's it's coming easy for me because I'm not this single focus people. I can shift in different ideas, task quite easily. Tell tell me, tell us a little bit more about the, not necessarily the multitask, but describe a situation around that shifting focus thing. And is that, do you think that's unique to you or have you met others like that? So let's take my last year. I've been working in the startup industry for six years, but last year I added to, to my work because I work as a freelancer, um, a bike uh, web shop um, e-commerce job as well. And I was like, this is so different, but somehow I had the interest and some background knowledge because I read a lot and I, I go to like meetups where you can just pick up uh, skills or, or knowledge quite easily. I, I could do that. I was hired for this job and this web, web shop job, e-commerce job is quite partly analytical, but also I, I do social media. So the crowd, 
creative side. I edit the pictures. I do the content for myself. Like I don't have anyone to tell me. It just out of my my mind, my creative mind. Mm-hmm. But the other job, I I do finance and operations in these um, startup environment, and I think it's pretty much the opposite of each other. But somehow I I don't need to force myself to switch the different part of my brains, the creative and the analytical side. You said in there that you've been to meetups and the piece I heard was that you're able to utilize your skills in a number of different areas. Tell us more about the meetups because the reason we're talking here is about quiet leadership and introversion and I'd love to hear how you prepare yourself to go into meetups and meetings and how you can use your voice to take on these new projects to utilize all your skills. So I discovered meetups um, when I joined the startup world because it was quite an unfamiliar area but Mm. the more I digged like through my test what I needed to to perform that is like I don't know exactly what it is but first I used the internet then I discovered the meetups and I live in Budapest and Budapest Budapest became lately a big uh, startup hub Mm -hmm. and uh, that's why we have a lot of meetups in different areas like online marketing data analytics um, organizational um, development and I was just interested in all of it usually it's after work like 6 p.m 7 p.m and it takes one or two hours and I always thought that I can always uh, dedicate this time because it just brings me more to the table and if I learn like a new skill or just hear something useful that I can apply to my job it will just add to me as a individual and also will add to um to my to my work as well and uh, I wasn't really shy away to go there because it's, it, these are just casual events. You don't even have to speak up, just listen. And uh, you, in the end, if you have questions, you can do that. But it just depends on your personality that you maybe just go there for knowledge or you go for networking. But mm. my goal was usually just for the knowledge. <laughs> so mm. I wasn't really doing the networking uh, part mm. so you're absorbing all of the information oh, that like that, yes. yeah uh, this yeah observation is a big part of my personality at what point did you think actually I'd like to do more than just one thing when did you decide that doing multiple things would really strengthen your own experience I don't know that I can say that it was a clear decision that I want to do that but along the way, I kind of discovered that it, it goes quite okay to me, that especially in the startup job, which I was hired six years ago, I, that wasn't a clear job description that, okay, you just have to do this. Because I was more like in an operational department, and I was the only the second hire at this company. It was really small, and they just launched that product. You know, it was more like what you needed to do to be able to run the company. And um, I think I, they were lucky with me and I was lucky with them. It was just accidentally a good match that I wasn't stick to something that, okay, I just do the finance stuff and I'm not willing to do, let's say like a bit of um, server management because at that time we did not really have a full-time DevOps 
to order the servers, what we needed. And, and sometimes I needed to do that. I wasn't sure how to do that, but I was working with the uh, developers or programmers and they explained me how to order them, what to look for. And I was like, I don't, I don't have a problem to, to add different tasks. So I think this is how I discovered along the way that, okay, I, I'm just ready to shift and I can just um, turn up my sleeves uh, to, to do the job. Because I think I'm quite the, let's, let's things get done. I don't really focus on that, why I have to do that. It's usually people like, if it's not written in my contract, I have to do that. They don't like to perform it. I'm the opposite that I can, not because that I don't know how to say, but I always think that if it's, it's still in my interest or interest of the company, I can do that. So I would describe it as curiosity because I love, I love the fact you used observation. Observation is you. Yes, that's definitely You're- also sure. very curious and I, I recognize that a lot because it's interesting isn't it you can learn something different something you haven't tried before and you become curious about it and I think this kind of curiosity or shifting focus or test can work in smaller companies mm. which I'm working in right now and maybe in a, a bigger for, for firm it wouldn't work and wouldn't be possible but I think I, I just feel lucky that I, I landed in this job or in this, let's say, like more casual work style. I think it's also important that to find your place where you feel comfortable and you don't have to feel forced that what you need to do. So your job, I think, should be a good match to mm. your personality mm. as well. Yeah, completely agree. You talked also about your this dual career that you had in the sports industry because you are very sporty. You know, we spoke about it before. Tell us about your interesting sport. And and I guess when we spoke last time, you utilize that to your advantage. You know, that's that's part of you being very sporty and yes, going running and doing lots of different things. I think I was always a, a very active child. Mm, I was I, I grew up in a really small um, town. I did not have any opportunities to join a team or sport club. And I could only start really doing sport when I went to the U.S. and the last year of my high school. And this is where I really discovered that sport is what I like to, through sport, I was able to discover how my body and mind is capable of to tackle down the obstacles Mm. somehow. And after that, uh, when I came back to Hungary, I, because I, I had this interest, not just doing the sport, but the economics, finance of sport, that I want to learn sport management, because I knew that I, I will not be an athlete, because it was just too late. But I was like, okay, if I cannot be an athlete, I would love to know how, do, how the sport industry works. And I dig myself in it, I applied to sport management um, uh, university, sport university, where I studied sport management. Also had um, one year in, in Germany as an exchange student. So it also helped me to, to feel that it, 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 it was, I belong here. And I was also lucky, have not even finished the university that I had these uh, um, short and contract jobs um, 
at the Olympic Games in Beijing and London, 2008 and 2012. Mm-hmm. And when I was working, um, studying in, in Germany, I was lucky with the timing because during that time, Germany organized the FIFA Women's World Cups and mm-hmm. I was hired as well. And I felt like this is going so easy. <laughs> and because when I had these interviews for this job, I always felt that they see what's in it me. So I was usually quite positive that I will get the job somehow. Mm-hmm. But when I returned to Hungary and finished university, somehow this sport career just stopped. <laughs> and I kind of have to say that, that politics is heavily involved mm-hmm. in the Hungarian sport. And I couldn't really cope up with that. And that's why I, I shifted my perspective and shifted away from the sport world. But I kept the passion that I like to work out a lot. And I discovered cycling first. And I did these really long cycling roads, like over 100 kilometers. Then to cycling, I did um, triathlon, which is swimming, cycling, and running. And I do the half Ironman distance, which is a 1.9 kilometer swim, outdoor swim, 90 kilometer bike and a half marathon, 21 kilometer run. And while I'm training, I don't, I don't feel that it's a suffer for me. I, I have the flow in it. And you know, flow is when you just lost in a moment and you enjoy it completely. And because it's quite demanding time-wise and mentally and physically as well, that I, I always feel that I'm, I'm just a strong woman. And having this foundation in your mind that you are strong. And this is the, sh- uh, the skills that I, I can shift to, to my work uh, life, that if I can do this, I'm strong and capable and I can tackle these really hard uh, training sessions in the office or behind my laptop. I think it's much easier because you don't have to deal with, I don't know, like cars. So your physical... Um, it's not in danger. So I think I always feel that I'm, I'm just this capable individual and I get these strengths through, through sport somehow. And it, I think what sport can teach you, it's like also teamwork, um, having a structural mind, uh, time management, because you, you know, you have to, obviously I work and I have to do the trainings before work and after work. So it's, it's also a big uh, um, part of your, how you deal with time and pressure and accountability, I think. Mm. You perform your best. Do you know what I, I loved about, I mean, when we connected the first time, what I loved hearing your voice is that you, you come across as very unassuming, you know, very down to earth. And yet you go into the story about, you know, traveling around Europe and you've said you're lucky, but I would argue that you've, because you know who you are, you understand your values. So you're very clear around that energy you give out and the peace you attract. So you said, you know, you've said a few times you feel lucky, um, wasn't intentional, it was accidental, you know, I was fortunate to get those, but I see it as someone who is really clear around what they do. 
And you do, you get that energy from your sport that gives you that structure, which you bring into the rest of your life. I would say that the older I get, the more conscious or I'm more aware that who I am and I can mm. own my personality. I don't, because obviously when I was younger, I did not feel that I'm, I just thought that I'm, I'm weird. I don't really fit. I, I wasn't these, I didn't want it to belong to these popular girls club, but I wasn't the, really the shy girl who was like bullied or just, you know, hiding in a corner. I was somewhere in the middle. Mm. And I just knew that I don't fit, but I have my, my own missions. And this is, I think when I just, now I know that this is more the sign of you are introvert. And, but you don't really know who you are. But mm. along the way, if you like focus, you shift your focus within, like trying to discover who you are, because I've, I was always interested in human nature and psychology. And I read, I would say like 50% of my books mm. were related to human mind and behavior. And this helped me a lot massively to discover myself. And right now I think I'm, I can own my personality that I'm, proud of who I am and not trying to be someone someone else that's some great tips because particularly when we're we may be quieter when we're younger um you know trying to work out where you fit I think that's really valuable tips to read up about it learn about it speak to some other people and just feel comfortable in your own skin because you don't have to be like everyone else life would be really boring if we were the same (laughs) And I, yes, definitely. And what, what you just said, it's just nice to talk to someone, maybe older people or someone who has this clear idea, and maybe a coach, because I also worked with a coach last year, you know, like I was pretty clear about myself, but somehow I felt that I, I needed a, an objective point of view about myself that, and I had questions and concerns about me regarding my professional life and private life and these sessions with my coach like talking through these um, issues through my personality type just solved basically a lot of things or a lot of question marks disappeared from my mind thank you for sharing that so you're also an advocate for equality, environment, freedom, and, and, and an unconventional life. I'm intrigued yes. with the unconventional. I think like I, how I spoke about my career and my life, it just, it just doesn't fit. And most people don't understand. And for example, from a HR point of view, it looks like I'm a, I could be like a job hopper or someone, but mm. I'm not. It's more like that you just have to find your way and usually people get recognized if they work for a bigger firm which is like well known and oh you must be like you are smart because working for like google or someone Mm. or coca-cola and you must be genius but not everyone can work there but it doesn't mean that we are not smart or we cannot contribute to to a company or to a bigger issue and this is I think it's a encouragement to be to for unconventional 
or for example, you know, yeah, women and um, especially some countries has this idea like women only their biggest purpose is to have a family or kids, but if you are still like enjoying working or then you are curious or like these negative, uh, you know, op opinions that like a woman, there is like a clear idea how a woman should look like or how her life should be. Mm -hmm. If you, if you don't perform it, you, you are not a real woman. And, and that's why I'm trying to also like push a bit that like we can be different and it's, it's okay to be different. I agree with you. And but I think the world is shifting quite quickly now. And we have, well, people have more of a voice. They, you know, they want that diversity, not just in gender, but it's around that thought process, that that the different thinking that you can bring together into an organization is really powerful. I love what you said. And the question is, it might be unconventional, I guess, to some people, but I don't see it as unconventional and you probably don't see it as unconventional. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it, I hope people are curious enough to have those conversations with each other and say, yeah, you, you don't have to do that, but you know, Kitty or someone else brings something different to the table. You know, I like that way of thinking. Yeah. I think it's, I think like the acceptance that if, if like people, they don't agree, but at least have the ability to listen and at least just to think about it. So there can be another way to perform a life or a career or just different choices in life mm, because yeah. I, I like this I had this in mind that like women are um, fruit and let's say men are vegetables but you know like not every woman is a apple let's say I'm I'm a blueberry and another woman is a I don't know ananas mm. and the same with men they not all men are like uh, mm. carrots so we are just different <laughs> Yeah. Break the stereotypes is your motto. What's your thinking around that? I, I know we've talked about, you know, women but and the unconventional versus conventional life. What, what are you doing to try and break those stereotypes? I think like what I can do as like an average individual to, to, to have an example in my really small community to be able to show that there is another way and not shy away when someone says okay this is not the way to live but you can stick to your views and no you are wrong and this is who I am and this should be okay and I think this is how I I stick to this motto that you have to have the courage to, to stand with your values and point of views um, and I think this is how you can break these uh, general views and this is how you can break stereotypes. If you, if you still, like, you are brave enough and you have the courage to stand next to your values and not shy away if, if you speak to someone who is disagreeing with you. How are you doing that as someone who is quieter? How are you finding your voice in that to be more courageous? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> because usually I'm quite, I would say, like, I need to find my voice. To, to use it with, with when I'm surrounded with a bunch of people. But I think when, when someone is like more quieter, just ask questions, like trying to have a 
an idea of who is he or she. And when this person feels comfortable that to open up. And I think this is how you can bring out their shyness or, or when they finally have the courage to open up and say how they feel or what they keep inside. I think we have to first find this safe environment when we can be ourselves. And it, it could be like a friend or teachers, family members or spouse. I think it's, it's the best when you feel that there is someone who understands you and without any judgment. Yeah, really important words you talked about there, that, that safety, belonging and no judgment. Yes. You know, being open to hear other people's views. And I loved what you said about how to find your voice and get a voice in there is to ask questions, start from that point of view, from that point of curiosity and that observing, ask a question and then it can evolve from there. Sometimes I've, I've been told that I ask too many questions, but for me, the question is a sign that I'm interested in you or yeah. in your story. And please don't take it wrong that I want to dig in your life. I, it's just, a, it's my tool to understand you, <laughs> gathering data about you. Yes, and I've, I've, this is my, for me one of the things that I'm struggled that a lot of people don't ask questions. They, they just say their monologues and usually these are the extroverted people. They, don't, they just want to have their stage. They don't really care about the audience or who they are saying, what they are saying. When I'm talking to someone, I'm really interested in their story. And that's why I'm asking questions. And what goes in your mind when you're asking questions? When they speak, I was like, okay, and why did you do that? Or how did you come up with that to, to go there? Or So I'm just usually curious about how they made the decision and how they felt during it, or did they have any struggles? Or this is somehow, for me, it's really interesting. What's behind the decision and how they feel? So when you've asked those questions and you're getting that information from someone else, what happens then? I think I try to place myself in their shoe, how I would feel, or I just, I think I have a big imagination and I just like to, to use this imagination. And I think I have a quite a big empathy as well that, and just imagine the scenario, what they explained. And somehow I, I can, what they say, what they explain, it's like a movie in my mind. <laughs> I'm directing that movie in my mind somehow. <laughs> mm. So I, I like images in my mind about their actions. <laughs> mm. I, I completely relate to that. You're able to see that bigger picture so when I'm, I'm talking to people and I'm asking those questions, I can see, I make those connections in my mind and then I can start seeing, like, like you described the movie, you can start seeing where this could go. And that's when I either get really excited or I go, oh, that's not for me. Yeah, I, I agree that I, I can focus on the details because I think they are really important. Mm. But, and, but the details can change along the way. But if you have a mission or an end goal, 
I think it's always important to, to see why you are working for or what leads you to there. And I think it's at work and in sport as well, because I, let's say that, because I'm, I'm training for triathlon and I use months of preparation for a race. And I know my end goal is the race, but maybe I get injured or I have to use different training methods so these are the details I can change along the way, but the end goal is the, the race. So this is the big picture. And I can have these, I think this view in my personal life and at work as well. But I just love the sport um, um, metaphor. And that's why I, I used it instead of a, um, professional one because I usually people like to talk about their professional lot and and I think we are much more than just our job and I think it's really interesting because when you ask someone who you are they usually reply that okay I'm I'm this profession and it's like mm -hmm. I'm more interested who you are mm -hmm. <laughs> behind your job title mm, I, I completely agree completely agree what tips would you share to others to help them? Well, I, I guess if they recognize anything in the discussion we've had today. I think when, when we recognize or when they recognize that I just feel weird or I don't belong here. So maybe they just have to think about it a bit that, okay, and accept it that I don't have to be like others. And uh, it relates to self-awareness that, I think it's a beautiful thing to learn about ourselves, why we work this and that way. Self-reflection is also important, I guess. And the next tip, when you discovered yourself that it's okay that I'm different than the other one, but I'm proud of that. So I, I, I can own my personality, I can own my decisions and just accept that who you are and be proud of it and I think when we can own our life decisions this is when the magic starts mm. and we can be ourselves this is I think authenticity or being original and not just a copy of someone and I think the, the next tip would be when try to find a place a workplace or people who appreciate about yourself and not trying to work for a company who, yeah, not because they don't like you, just you are just not a good fit. Or when you have in private life, like when you are not a bad, not a good fit with someone, just try to find your good match. Mm. And this is when, when you can truly be yourself and bring out your best. Yeah, I love that. Great, three great tips. Thank you, Kitty. Be authentic, be curious. It's okay to feel weird. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kitty. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. I love to talk and work with people and businesses who want to achieve more. I challenge their thoughts to create possibility. Anyone can be part of the conversation. Leave me a message, ask a question and connect with me. 